Welcome to another episode of Auto Off Topic. Hey Brad, what's up? Good evening, Andrew. How are you? I am good. Excellent. How are you? I am uh, also good. All right, good. <laughs> no stress. Now no that stress. we're we've cleared that up, we're all good. We're all, everybody's um, good. What have you been up to? Ah, uh, woof! Just jump right into it. Um, not much. Okay. Did I, you? Gotta fully admit that I haven't even touched the car since the last podcast. Okay. I was gonna so, say because last... we we did figure out that I had a book that yep. has the information that you need, but we have to yep, go over it you, together. You sent me the info. I just haven't. So I was gonna do it last weekend, but it was Mother's Day weekend, and we had a whole bunch of family stuff planned. So I never got out there to work on the car. Push them um, aside. Listen. Yeah. yeah. No no family. No family. So I never got out there to work in the car. And then this week from work, I've been kind of a little bit under the weather in the evening and just haven't gone outside. So uh, I'm going to have to make up for some of that this weekend. So I'll try to get out there and attack it early Saturday morning because it's supposed to get hot this weekend here too. So the earlier I can get up and attack it, the better. But yeah, so I have no no news is good news, I guess. I bought the stuff to do an oil change in the eclipse and do an oil change in the cold, but I haven't done that yet either. Nah. So that's where we're at. I got a lot to do. So it'll be a, it'll be a busy weekend. So I um self motivate myself to do it because I haven't been for the past week. Yeah. So I um I mean I got laid off. I didn't really talk about that on the podcast. So I've sure. been available during the week. So I started working on... I knew it was coming. So why so haven't I, you worked on my Cressida? <laughs> yes. Um, uh, we'll probably... There probably will be a vacation out there, but maybe later in the year. Um, so anyway, I um, I knew I had some time coming up. So that's why I was saving up all my projects. So I was like, finally... I think I talked about... I looked at the Q45 and I was like, uh, I don't have enough parts. So I got some more yep. parts because the intake. Yeah. We talked about off. how the intake manifold had to come off. Yeah. I'm so this car probably I've actually worked on a 2000 GT, but it's probably comparable as far as like complication of <laughs> taking stuff off, except like not having turbos on there. I mean, this was a very high end car at the time. So they packed as much technology as they could into the chassis. So I'm not surprised it's difficult. I'd be surprised if it wasn't difficult. It uh, so the intake's really interesting and it throws everybody off because it's like sideways for mm-hmm. V8, but it's just like run, the way runner length is. It's, yeah, it's when you like, open the hood and look at it, it looks like it's a horizontally opposed engine at first glance. Yeah, yeah, I can't believe there's a lot of people that are like, "This is front wheel drive." And you're like, "No." Yeah, <laughs> it's not. Um, so anyway, I. It's like, they must have painted the upper intake too because it was bright silver, and the rest of the uh, aluminum in the engine is kind of pitted from just age. So, valve hair gaskets were leaking. I got it to throw me a knock sensor code, through a mass air sensor code too, and I had cleaned the mass air sensor, and that seemed to make it better. Um, but the knock sensors are buried deep under the intake uh and actually i just barely got those out without having to remove the secondary 
lower half of the intakes, which are all individual pieces too. That would have made a lot more work for sure. And that is under the fuel rails. So that was, um, yeah, it's, it's quite an engine. Um, and even there's a lot of stuff on top that had to come off just to get to the valve cover bolts. So actually they're nuts, little studs, but I just went step by step. Uh, at this point I've been into it for a couple days. I've just been taking my time doing it to kind of relax. Uh, it's a weird thing to do to relax, right? <laughs> but like, if I do this, insert, insert fast and furious code about engines, I guess if I, if I yeah. do this, it's so hard <laughs> when I do something else. I'm like, Oh, that was easy. Yeah. I think we talked about that in the podcast before the uh, type A type B and type C fun. That's right. Yeah. I so. completely forgot about that. Yeah. That's where I'm, that's where I'm at. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I, I get it. It's, it can be cathartic. It can be frustrating, but at the end of the day, nothing's more rewarding than when you finish it. So, so I've got one side done. I got the uh, passenger side done. Uh, that cleaned up really well, actually. So if you've got a raw aluminum valve cover that's dirty, you need to clean it. You can grab uh, Purple Power. They have like an extreme clean, which is pretty good. I use that, but then you get the super clean. It's in a purple bottle wheel cleaner because it has acid in it. Sure. And it will eat some of the, the stuff away that's on top of the aluminum. It won't make it perfect, but it makes it look a lot better. If you had nice aluminum and you put acid wheel cleaner on it, it would make it look dull. So don't use this if your aluminum is already nice. It, polished aluminum. Yeah. If you've got rough cast aluminum, perfect. Right. Yeah. Rough is fine, but the polished stuff is not good. No. Yeah. Um, we used it when I bought the wheels that I have in the Colt. We uh, were able to use the super aggressive acid to clean those because they are rough cast. Yeah. So. Actually, I use this stuff on painted stuff, and it's it's pretty good on the painted stuff I got. Just don't let it sit. Fast. Yeah. <laughs> but it helps get out the... And uh, get off on a little tangent, I noticed there's a lot of new wheel cleaners that have ceramic in them. Already like yep. in it, I'm like, ooh, I gotta try that. That's on a yeah. It's this, supposed to make it easier to clean the wheel yeah, afterwards. A little tangent there, but so back to the ceramic wheels now. I know. I probably should have done that before I put mine on, but that's okay. I'll just try that wheel cleaner. Um, yeah, because I don't know if I want that on the brake rotors. I don't know. Regardless, I'm sure it'll be fine. I'm sure the heat and friction <laughs> would burn it off real fast. Oh, that's the other thing I did. I was worried about the brakes in the G20. I'll get to that too. Uh, the um, so yeah, I did half of the Q45 uh, today, and then uh, I finished. I finished out today by getting the other side valve cover off, and then I'll have to. Okay. Cl- I cleaned it, and now I need to prepare and get rid of all the little RTV that's left over, and I'll put the put it back on tomorrow morning. The annoying so thing. All- Oh, good. The annoying thing was the I bought new coil packs just to be sure. I mean, they're you could they're serviceable without taking the intakes off. But I was like, oh, I'm doing it, and I put new plugs in. The plugs were all new and they were all correct NGKs. Excellent. I was worried about that. I wasn't sure if somebody lied about that. So, but I swapped them out anyways. <laughs> um, each bank is going to have three new coil packs now because the 
OEM coil packs that I ordered. The front two cylinders on each bank is unique. It, the connector points the opposite way because there's like a little mini harness inside there that feeds the coil packs. And the connector is different. So six of them are the same and two are different. Yes. That's annoying. And the connector is slightly different. And yeah. maybe there was a production split or something that happened. I don't know. I guess or maybe out. they were slightly different just so you knew you were using it in the right place. But the connector for the new ones does not fit the connector on the original harness. Oh, it's dumb annoying. That's the problem. Yeah. So, you know, I could also get a different connector and repin it. I, I can figure it out. But I just was like, all right, I'll just put the ones in there for now. I can get them off without pulling anything. It's 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 a maintenance item. You can actually do it. So how many are you replacing now then? Three in each bank. So three out of four. Because you don't have the front one. Yes. So okay. it'll have six new coils. I thought you had said you replaced all the coils on one side, but by that you mean all the ones you could on one side. Yes. Okay, sorry. I was a little confused. I got you now, though. So yeah. what all is being replaced? Knock sensors, coils, plugs, valve cover gasket, and obviously all new intake gaskets, correct? Yeah. So the knock sensors, uh, there are two-pin knock sensor, and it, uh, it's, it's got a signal wire that's through the harness and to the knock sensor that is bolted to the engine block deep in the valley. There's one on each side for each bank. I have paperwork from an Infinity dealer that said it had a knock sensor code and they thought the wires were chewed because they looked down there and they saw a mouse nest. Okay. And I was like, well, that's really annoying. So let me take it apart and see what's going on. I tested each wire to each coil, to each knock sensor, full continuity. So it is not a broken harness. There's nothing chewed. Okay. It, it's a Which single wire. <laughs> it's just, yeah, Which... it's a sing. Sorry. What are you going to say? I say it would have been an easy enough fix with the whole intake manifold off to replace that you know little section of wire if you had to. I'm sure exactly. I could get yeah. it out and and patch it. So it's a single wire that goes to each coil pack, even though they're two pin coil pack. One is power, one is ground. But they can also ground through the body of the the knock sensor. I think I said coil pack again. Knock sensor, right? That grounds into the engine block according to the service manual. So when you pull these off, and we'll get to the talking about the Discord, because I put pictures in our Discord about this. It, the bottom of them, which is metal, was CAD-plated metal, is corroded. And when I check the continuity between the ground uh, that's in the device and the ground that's the exposed metal of the device, the knock sensor, it was like real intermittent. Like I really had to like move it around and find spots where it would ground to the new one which would instantly ground and give me continuity signal on the meter so that's a pretty good sign that you were obviously having an intermittent issue which was the problem you were having and it would be with the knock sensors yeah so it thinks if, the they, if they're having... not grounding they think it thinks it's knocking and it probably pulls a ton of timing or something yeah yeah that's not good it acts all crazy yep and then i think the other thing too is doing it after it's been running for a while, it's getting hot and the metal's moving and expanding and, and it's making the ground change. Sure. And that's why it's intermittent. Yeah. Uh, you know, the vibrations, the moving of the car, the heat yeah. expansion, all those things together are all going to 
Influence so that. hopefully that solves a lot of the running issue that the car has. And if it yeah, needs a mask. Because the car runs great when it runs great. Yeah, it does. So we know it's nothing major. You know? And it's pretty common. <laughs> Nissan maps go bad pretty easily, especially if somebody sure. used a crappy air filter with it, which it did not have a factory air filter. And also the car only has 50,000 miles on it, and it lived in New England its whole life. And in New England, you know, the air is just wet. So if the air is wet, then you're going to wind up having issues with um, corrosion in lots of places you wouldn't normally have. So. We would have the mass airflow meters get ruined if people would use non-factor air filters at Infinity. It happened all the time. That's, that's interesting. Yep. I was uh, actually talking to a coworker today who's having an intermittent running problem on his 2018 Honda Accord with 40,000 miles on it. And we were just going back and forth and the you know, be sitting at a stoplight and the car would just shut off. That's what and, this will do randomly. Yeah. Yeah. We couldn't figure out what was going on. And I was like, well, I mean, let's go basic. Is your battery loose? <laughs> like, it sounds like an electrical issue because I wouldn't think a 2014 Accord would have an issue beyond something simple, especially with 40,000 miles in a Honda. You know what I mean? It's just out of warranty. So I went outside and checked all his electrical connections and checked his alternator and everything, and everything was fine. Um, and I, you know, I, I can't, I can only do so much during the work day in the parking lot. So I was like, well, sorry. <laughs> I don't know what else it could be. But he brought to a, a mechanic, and the mechanic diagnosed that it's a bad map as well. And that's in a 2018 car with 40,000 miles. So you never know. Yeah, they're available. Um, I wouldn't buy an aftermarket one because it's in the aftermarket ones are even worse. Right. Uh, yeah, I, I'd try to find one from probably out of Japan, a new one. But and it's well, you can always easy. You clean them first, usually too, right? I did clean it first. I sprayed a whole can of mask cleaner in there, so we'll, okay. we'll try it out. It, it was acting up when I was putting it on the lift. It was it just shut off on me, right? So it might, but it didn't throw a check engine light. That's the thing. <laughs> and that was the other issue with this 2018 Accord. There was no the car would just die and no check engine light and no stored code. And this is in a 2018 OBD2 car, yeah. like. You'd think there'd be a pretty, a pretty, pretty good record of something happening, but it wasn't showing anything. It's frustrating. Yeah. So once I put it back together, it needs to get driven, and then we'll see. I'll tell you um, what. I'll be there in three weeks, and I'll gladly, I'll gladly use it as a rental car. Yeah. Well, I was hoping to have it done even before then because Radwood Philly is coming up sooner. I'd like to drive it there. Oh, that'd be a hell of a we'll drive see. for it. Yeah. <laughs> so. The other thing, too, I had to get a throttle body gasket because I was trying not to separate it from the intake, but it was impossible to take the intake off without removing the throttle body. It's got a big throttle body with a secondary valve for the traction control. All that had to come apart. I was like, well, let me try the dealer for these gaskets. Obviously, they didn't have them. I didn't expect them to, but sure. The, the guy was really cool. He's like, yeah, only the throttle body one's available. I was like, oh, these ones aren't available anymore. I'm like, there were no intake gaskets available? Not for the little elbow that goes to the throttle body. It's like a uh-huh. DSM. It's got a little extra elbow. It just seems like that would be still a service part, and that motor was used for a while, but that's strange. In the U.S., no. Not available. I went to my Japanese part stuff. I could get it, so I ordered it. And the same thing with the IAC valve on the back of the manifold, not available in the U.S. Available in Japan, hmm. so they're coming. Interesting, but they're they're still in good enough shape. I'm gonna put the car together so I at least get it outside because I get some other stuff to do. Right? Uh, Is it on the lift still? Yeah, we did it just in case I need to get underneath it, but I don't think I do. Sure. 
Well, plus so, you can put a big table in there and walk around it and organize all your parts on the table too to kind of yeah. keep everything in the right order. Um. So, anyway, that's where I'm at with that. Uh, I was supposed to do a track day today, but Stephanie wasn't sure if we made made a little miscommunication when I booked the track day, and then later on she got like a jury duty notice, and she forgot to mention to me that it was on the twelfth, mm-hmm. <laughs> same day. So we weren't sure if she was going to have jury duty, and they don't know they don't let you know until like five p.m. the day before. Yeah, yeah. So luckily the SCCA is cool with just giving you credits to just yeah, go to another track day. Event. So I'm just going to do a different one. Uh, but before that, I had absolutely smoked those front brakes on that poor car. Like around town, they were almost like soft and not stop. Like the initial bite was like gone. <laughs> like you really had to right. press them. It was weird. Uh, so I ordered it's some completely glazed over. Yeah, they were, they are. So I, I ordered some HPS pads and, uh, Rock Auto had some like drilled and slotted rotors that are like black coated. I was like, oh, I'll give those a try. Excellent. Got those pretty quick, threw them on fast. Car stops so much better. Like the initial bite is there. These also won't throw as much brake dust. Um, and they'll last longer on track. Yeah. Which is the important I, part. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to save the blanks that I have because they're still good. I'm going to bring them to like, I think the O'Reilly's in Salem does resurfacing. They do, yeah. Because they're, you feel them right now, they feel like a record. They've got grooves in them. And if I put new pads on them, they destroy the new pads. Sure. And they'd be a good replacement for next time. So you don't have to buy new rotors again. If you ever had to do exactly. Again. I can switch back to those. Yeah. Or if everybody's telling me that these rotors will crack on track, I'll have spares. Which yeah, I don't, I don't think is a thing. I've never actually seen it happen. I think it's just a thing that everybody says on the internet. And internet. You can all, you yes. can all at me afterwards. I'm going to try it and see what happens. Yeah, yeah, it's a light car kinda like, with kind of like how if you have rotors, they got to explode and kill your whole family. Yeah, on the highway going straight. So, I don't know. It's a really light car. <laughs> it, it doesn't have a lot of power. I think I'll be. I'm fine. sure it'll be fine. Yeah, we're not talking about an 800 horsepower GTR here. So anyway, so that's why I did that car, and then the I got exhaust from our friend Greg there at BRM Exhaust. Um, Excellent. Yeah, it looks really I'm good. Glad you, I'm glad you sorted out that part too. Like, you're like, wait a second, what's going on here? Yeah, it was a little weird. I had all the parts laid out, and like, there was two pipes that were like butting together, and I was like, oh no, did somebody forget to like expand one? So I got a hold of them, and they just forgot to send a a, a sleeve clamp. Right, which hopefully somebody there can send a sleeve clamp because he's in Pennsylvania right now. <laughs> That's okay. I just ordered one. Okay. It's just, I just, it's quicker. <laughs> I'll have it tomorrow. Yeah, it's cheap enough. It is what it is. He's a small business. So it's pretty much a one man shop. So yeah, it's fine. Um, stuff happens. I, I'd rather, I think he also runs Nico club, right? I've been using those service manuals a yep. lot. So <laughs> yeah, he does. No, he's, he's pretty, he's pretty, uh, he's pretty good, good to the Nissan community as a whole. So something like that is annoying, but it is what it is. It's human happens i know that i'll tell you him what's and, him, him and becky are in uh, carlisle this weekend oh right the year that imports at carlisle which is this weekend so which oh. my initial plan this year for my vacation time was to fly out there and do carlisle stay the week because it's my birthday week and then do radwood next weekend with you but 
other things have come up, so it's not happening. Man, get in line with the birthdays in May. It's like a lot of birthdays. Yeah, it's pretty busy. And then you have to go about, and have a baby yeah. in May. Yeah. It just take, ruins it for the rest of us because Listen, now the youngest that, one is super special. Hey, shout out to my dad. It was his birthday yesterday. So, Oh, what was it? <laughs> Sorry. Anyway, what was it? I said, no. Oh, oh, was it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> it's not just your birthday. No, it's not. And uh, there's a bunch of family out here that's also in May. I have to go to a birthday party for a nine-year-old on Saturday. So it's definitely a busy month of birthdays all over the place. So uh, anyway, what is annoying with G20 exhaust? Uh, apparently, headers are completely unavailable right now. Yeah, it's not good. Like I ordered a header from that place that I sent you. I was like, this is cool, mm-hmm. cheap, 114 bucks." like two weeks ago. I was like, I wonder where this is. And I like message them and then i didn't get a message back i just got a refund notice <laughs> notice that's weird like okay like yeah, you would think that they would do, tell you do you guys make them or you get them from someone yeah. is that what like i thought like i don't know i was trying not to buy an ebay one but then like searching everybody's like yeah just buy the ebay one because it works really good so i'm like Does all right they want exist or is it also on back order? It's also on intergalactic back order. Like, and every Excellent. version of it that's a copy is also on back order. <laughs> like, is it two weeks before Race Wars? I don't know. Yeah. That's the I, second Fast and the Furious reference today. I got to stop because people got to okay. start thinking I like that movie. Nope. It's, not it's good. uh, yeah, it's just like a, it's just like a, the Megan race manifold or whatever. Sure. Yeah. Well, Megan makes a bunch of, generic-ish parts for lots of cars, so... Well, it's just a very I'm basic surprised. stainless manifold, like primaries and secondaries. Yeah, you're not and hanging guess, a turbo off of it or anything. It's not super heavy. No, and I guess so. people have dynoed these, like, because they've been around for, like, 10 years, these headers. Okay. And they're basically, they were a copy of a more expensive header. And they just, they make, like, like, 10 to 12 horsepower. Which is nothing to sneeze at. That's... Uh, that's a like eight percent bump. Like, yeah, it's pretty. It's good. only a hundred and twenty horsepower car, right? One hundred and thirty horse. And I don't. Even, yeah, it's hundred forty. So another ten know, horsepower is a lot. And I don't even know what that um, what accounts for having the cat back because clearly there's a lot of back pressure because it exploded the muffler. Sure. That was the yeah, other plus, reason why I didn't I didn't want to do the track day because the thing is definitely over ninety decibels. Like it's really yeah. annoying. <laughs> I, listen, I, I think there's a lot to be said, even on an NA car, doing a full exhaust system. You know, doing a full exhaust system and, um, you know, making the timing perfect for everything. It makes a big difference from the factory setup. So I know I've been told by a few people that have run NA 4Gs in the past that I need to get a, uh, keep the factory cat back on my Eclipse, but do a header. And it wakes the car up a ton. Just makes it rev faster and... Just That's, you know, makes a couple more horsepower, which just makes the whole car better. It makes it makes it sound way cooler, even with the stock muffler on still. That's what everybody says with the G twenty. So I'm trying to find one. <laughs> It'd be nice to do it. So I might have to, um, you know, the cat back's already been off. It's got like a foreign auto part cat back on it. Mm-hmm. So maybe I can separate it at the uh, cat without it disintegrating. And It'd be just cool to do it all at once. The, if you can. I would like to do it all at once, but I don't think I'm going to be able to do it all at once. And I would like to drive the car, but it's undrivable with the muffler as it is. 
have you put a post out there at all, like looking for one? No, nah, not yet. I've just been searching all the for sale. So another let me, let me negative... go look in my backyard after this podcast. Oh, <laughs> because I have that SR twenty, and I don't know what's attached to it. Okay. If it has if it has a header, I'll, I'll ship it to you. But I don't know. Well, I need it probably, it probably does not. So they're two piece. I need the primaries and the secondaries. Yeah, that's fine. I'll send you the whole thing if, if if it has it. I know it was a bunch of hot rod parts. I don't know if it's a header or not because I never really looked at it. But if it's there, you can have it. All right. Cool. So, so the yeah, here's the another negative knock against Facebook is I'm looking through all the, the groups, the for sale groups. There's a SR20 for O drive. You search header and it doesn't i don't understand how it brings you up posts because they're not by date <laughs> it's like one one will be like june 2021 next one will be like july 2013 then the next one will be like august 2020 you're like okay why doesn't it just bring them up like chronologically like newest to oldest yeah it's weird to like find stuff for sale. Like I don't, if I'm looking for something for sale, it's not relevant to me if it was for sale in 2013. No, like that's dumb. And if it's sold, if it's, if somebody's marked it sold, don't show that to me either. I don't know. Yeah. I, I know I bought something on Facebook not that long ago and I keep getting a notification that, and I, and I bought it and I keep getting a notification that this is no longer available. Like I, I know it's in my yard. Like, Please stop telling me like they've marked it as sold. I don't need it anymore. Yeah, it's weird. So anyway, um, that's all my project car stuff. I mean, it's a pretty good, pretty good amount. It is a pretty good amount. I got more to do. So I'm you got to knock it. it all out. And then, you know, when you're all done, you can help me out the galant. Whoop! what I say? <laughs> I didn't say anything. So. Yeah, I was talking about, we did invite people, if you're listening to this, there we do have a Discord for the podcast, just message us and I'll send you the link to join. And if you don't know what Discord is, which yeah. is possible because it's not super common outside of the video game world, I don't think yet. Um, yeah, I think it's getting more common for just community there. use. It's it's a, it's a I, don't, I hesitate to call it a chat room, but for old school people, it's kind of a chat room. Um, All right, do you have Slack at work? Or yeah, teams. Uh, teams. It's it's that. Yep, it's basically that. Except <laughs> we set like up rooms, casual stuff. So we have an auto off topic main page, and then inside that page, we have like a page for um, scale cars, a page for spotted cars, a page for project cars, and we just have a never moving conversation going on in there. It's very casual. Um, certainly, is no cost to do this. It's something that's totally free. Much like everything we do, we don't monetize anything because we're not very smart. And you're able to just go in there and kind of have a community discussion with other people who listen to this podcast, which I have a pretty strong feeling that most people that listen to this podcast would probably be friends if they knew each other because you all oh, yeah. kind of have the same taste and stuff. Like we're all a little on the, uh, I don't know, I, we're, I guess being a car person is kind of a counterculture. And we're kind of like into the counterculture of the counterculture. So there would definitely be a, uh, a fit for you there and uh, new friends to be made. So yeah, definitely join us over there. It's an app for your phone. I think there's a, you can do it just off a web page as well. Yeah. Um, it can ruin you know, more of your probably, productivity during the day. Well, Hey, 
You, you, can, you can ignore it during the day or not, depending on your job, I guess. Yeah. But I'd say there's probably, you know, within a week, we have seven or eight people on there actively already. Yeah. So if we can keep building that and get it going, it'll, it'll be the first place that we announce things to. Like we talked about doing the, uh, I don't know if we to the name, probably the Forenoon Cup, which will be our morning drives. Um, there's a page for that on there. So there's definitely going to be some uh, some activity on there, and I think you should check it out for sure. So I'd like to also do a little more self-promotion right now, and I don't want to take people away from our podcast, sure. but I have another podcast right now. I have a podcast through work, uh, and if you go to my – I don't talk about work much here, but I work for a company called autohunter.com. This is work. That's right. It's work. Make all our money here. This is how I make our living. I work for a company called autohunter.com and we have a podcast with three of us there. Um, one of the members of that podcast is also in these in the Discord chat, so you can bug him there too. It's once a week, just like this. Uh, unfortunately, through no control of mine, it also comes out on Fridays, but that is what it is. Uh, and it's called Drive the Bid. So we have similar kind of banter about cars, less project car stuff and more just values and classic car life. And we did an episode about, you know, the burgeoning values of vintage SUVs. We did an episode about prepping your vintage car for road trips, you know, stuff that's relevant to the whole community, but it's been fun. We have seven episodes done already and you can either find it wherever you get your podcasts or you can go straight to autohunter.com. We have a media page where we have some of our videos and, articles and links to the podcast there so a little self-promotion section in the middle of this podcast we don't do ads except for ourselves. anyway sorry cool. Andrew, didn't mean to take over right there that's fine what uh fine. what else do you get to chat about anything going on in the car world i got a couple things to bring up oh that uh the random thing that volkswagen's like we're doing a spin-off company to build evs so weird before we get into that part of it, can we talk about this spin-off company to do EVs? Because I had a very confusing thought last night because I was watching something on Hulu when the ad came on and the ad was for Volvo's new electric SUE. Right. I thought Polestar was a Volvo's electric only company. Uh, They're also doing electric Volvos. So so is Polestar not just redundant at this point? Why didn't they just call a Polestar 1 and a Polestar 2 a Volvo? I bet because it sells better to the EVs are a luxury product. But Volvo is a luxury product. Yeah, but it's old. Yeah, I, I I guess. Listen, I'm not in marketing. I'm not in branding. Yeah, I don't it's understand. it's way cooler to say you've got a Tesla and a Polestar or a Rivian. That sounds cool, right? I guess if you say someone, if you tell someone you bought a Volvo, it sounds like you're their parents or something. I don't know. I think Volvo's come a long way with their brand image, though. I don't think that's really an issue anymore people uh, to you so as far a car removed. person but yeah we're so like far a... removed from a volvo 240 people see like those s60s and s80s and whatever no. those fancier I... sedans are now and they know they're not what they used to be yeah but i don't know it just it just confused me that you don't wear like yeezys whole... and stuff and like you're not like a fashion I just forward really... person 
That's so, that's what that's for. Pole star. I just learned that's, today what a Yeezy really is. Like I knew it was shoes. Yeah. And I've heard it in context, but I've never looked at them and they're I ugly. Recognized them before. Super today. ugly. Yeah, I don't get it. That's for sure. <clears throat> but yeah, maybe you're right. I, I just it seemed weird to me that Volvo made this whole big thing that Polestar was going to be the electric division of Volvo. And now they've announced a fully electric Volvo. So I was like, what? The well, you could also buy a V70 Polestar recharge or something too. Well, because Polestar was their performance division. It was like their rally art, which was confusing already. But I understand why they use an existing brand to kick off their electric brand. I just don't understand why they're now also becoming Volvo electric cars. So Yeah, because it's... It just sounds cooler, like Fisker, Polestar, Rivian, Tesla. Sure. Like that sounds cool for an EV, man. Sure. You're selling the brand. Like, the, You think a lot of people drive Teslas because they care about the environment? No, they drive Teslas because no, it's, an image. It's, a, it's, a, it's an image car. Yeah. Yeah. Same reason. Same thing that somehow the Prius became for a little while back when it first came out. Like, it was an image car. It didn't make any sense. All right. Well, okay. Moving on from that, this conversation was brought up because in an acquisition a bunch of years back, Volkswagen bought uh, Navistar. Yeah, that's a truck Navis, company. Navistar is a truck company, a diesel engine company. Yeah. And Navistar owned the rights to International. And because Navistar owned the rights to International, that means they owned the rights to the word Scout for a vehicle. So... For some reason, Volkswagen has announced that they're going to make a small SUV and they're going to make the brand the Scout, which to me also doesn't make any sense because they're a German manufacturer making an electric car that is tied back to a classic American nameplate that no trendy hip person is going to even recognize. Eh, it like, sounds kind of cool. They're going to be build them. They're going to build them in the United States. I heard that, and my assumption there is it's going to be like a chicken tax kind of avoider, and they're going to be a small vehicle, like a small truck. I'm hoping. I'm hoping it looks somewhat like an old Scout. I'm hoping it's not just the name. Like, if it's kind of like the you know the new silhouette kind of did. Yeah, the silhouette's nothing yet, though. It's just a it's a day one announcement thing. It's just weird to me. It's just it just doesn't make sense that they would bring back Scout. The pickup truck will probably be Rivian size, and they're those are built here. Hopefully, we'll see. I mean, they already announced they're doing a pickup truck with Ford, like two weeks ago. Who did? Volkswagen. Oh, I missed that. Yeah, so the the Ford, I don't know if it's the Ranger or another one, and the Volkswagen Amarok. Are going to start sharing some engineering. Oh, okay. So, so new my, Ranger. Yeah, my assumption is that they're going to sell an Amarok here, but it's going to be mm-hmm. based on a Ranger, uh, much like Ranger used to be based with had uh, some partnership with Mazda for years, and they made the B two thousand and B twenty two hundreds. Yeah, weird. So, yeah, but the Volkswagen announced that already. So they announced they're doing a pickup truck there, but now an all electric division, and the division is called Scout. Where in the past, Scout was the model, not the brand name so i don't know i'm i'm not i'm not upset by it you know the, the brand wasn't going to be anything so if you can bring back an old brand that's kind of cool i guess i just 
it doesn't make any sense for me that Volkswagen's doing it. That's all. Like I heard that Ford tried to buy the Scout trademark because they wanted to do the Bronco Scout as like a package. Okay. And they said no. Like they turned down the offer, and then Volkswagen just bought the whole company to get the the rights. That's weird. But they're obviously friends because they're doing. Well, the idea of companies is friends, but you know what I mean. They're obviously on speaking terms because they're doing a partnership with the pickup truck. So I don't know. I don't know. It's it's interesting. I just it's I'm having a hard time overall with these brands branding themselves for all electric vehicles. I think that's. Sure. I don't know, just go with the flow, man. Yeah, and, and it is what it is. We talked about it. Either it works or it doesn't work. Yeah, they'll change not, the name. I'm not all in on electric vehicles yet, but I'm way more than I was before. So we'll like, see what, what happens. Was the, what was the thing that was the... What was the Ford that was the Taurus? What was before the Taurus? The 500? Yeah. Yeah. But that was a historic nameplate, too, because... The Ford 500 was a car in the 60s. Yeah. Well, so, that didn't work. <laughs> they were too far back. back. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Let's take our best-selling car, drop it, and then rename it. Bad plan. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, yeah, so it looks like the Amarok in 2023, I guess, is based on the Ranger. Ah. Uh. So, and to be sold here, I guess. So, we'll see what happens. Man, imagine an alternate universe where Mitsubishi actually doubled down and started selling electric cars earlier and brought over their pickup trucks. They were one of the first to do electric cars, so they were just... I have to wonder where they'd be if they had actually kept going. Who knows? And they keep promising new things, so we'll see what happens. Anyway. They also... What's that? They also they also said we'll give America a pickup truck, but then they rebadged a Dakota, which was and the yeah. worst generation Dakota. Mm-hmm. So it didn't work out very well. They should have just federalized their L two hundreds or the hell they were those pickup well, trucks again, were the Tritons. Yeah, there's there's some chicken tax issue there too. I think is what they need to build them here for that to work. Yeah, well they should have. No. Yeah. But Whatever. Anyway, we don't run the company, Andrew. We don't know. Um. Speaking of like Rivians and the old Mitsubishi factory, I uh, I don't know if you have Apple Plus. I do. I had completely forgotten about this. Long Way Up is on Apple Plus, which we originally did an episode on Long Way Round with you and McGregor yep. and Charlie Hunman. Yep. Hunman? Yeah, Hunman, I think he's correct. Um, yeah, I don't know because he's not a celebrity. You <laughs> <Ian> right. McGregor is. <laughs> uh, Either way, so they did one. It's new, and they did this in like 2019. It's from the very bottom of Chile and Argentina up to Los Angeles. Okay, and uh, their goal was to do it on live wires, and okay. they got Rivians <laughs> instead of old Monteros. And it was cool because they're like Rivian, like VIN one and VIN two. In South America, yeah, that seems that seems sketchy. <laughs> oh, it'll give you diesel generators. 
<laughs> they they did a couple of times so far, and the, I've okay. watched like two or three episodes. Yeah, I definitely can't uh, the infrastructure being good enough there. Well, they installed infrastructure for them, but they had to make it to the points. Yeah. It's it's very good. Like it's very very good. Like it'll give you ridiculous anxiety over it. But yeah, they no, make a good have, point we, that yeah. riding a motorcycle is not about the destination. It's in between. So. Yeah, for sure. It's 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 the journey, not the destination. That's what motorcycling has always been pushed as. Like, and sure, you cool. can drive there in a car, but enjoy it in a motorcycle. So they have, I mean, they're pre-production Rivians, pre-production live wires that they engineers in their spare time at Harley-Davidson modified into cross-touring versions so they could ride them off-road. Which is cool. Yeah, it's, it's very, very cool. Like, and they even talk about it. <laughs> like, they're trying to find charging stuff. And some lady's asking you and McGregor about it. He's like, yeah, we're about probably 10 years too early on this. Yeah, but we're at least we're trying it out. Ten years too early in the states, let alone in uh, South America. Yeah, so it's cool. I'll, I'll definitely give it a go. Yeah, we got um, free Apple TV because we just switched to Dish from or Direct TV from Cox Cable. So it's a good yeah, watch. You both, you both probably like it. It's... Yeah, well, we we both enjoyed Long Way Round, so I'm sure we'll watch this too. I'll I'll put it in our queue. Give it a go. Yeah, I haven't watched any of the other ones yet either. I don't know where they are. It's it's funny to me that it's on Apple Plus. Like I, it's the type of show I figured they would have sold to like Disney Plus because he's doing the new Obi Wan show. Sure. <laughs> and and Disney has like all those Nat Geo stuff. I'm like, oh, that's kind of weird, but whatever. <laughs> I guess it's whoever buys your show that goes yeah, on. Yeah, whoever buys it first gets the show, right? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, more automotive news. There was potentially a world record-setting price today for the most expensive car to ever trade hands. Really? We were talking about this at work today because, uh, you know, we work for an auction company. So um, do you know what the previous highest mark for a vintage car sale was? It's probably some Ferrari. It was. Uh, Was it like... Okay. I'm trying to think if it seven million seems too low, too low. but I'm gonna go with seven million. Way too low. Yeah. Um, Twenty my million. Computer, my computer just crashed, so I just locked up on the on the page here. Uh, it was a Ferrari. It's a two fifty GTO. Um, that sold for seventy point two million dollars. Okay, I had the seven. Just I was yeah. missing a zero. It's, yeah, yeah, and zero's not worth anything, so you're fine. Um, okay, so a car sold today, and it's it's kind of a rumor because these kinds of sales go under the radar because people don't want people knowing about them sometimes. So it's no longer a Ferrari. Uh, do you know what brand car it would be? A Mercedes? It is a Mercedes. So Mercedes made a few 300 SLR Unlinhaut coupes. And the rumor is that only one was ever sold to the public. And this is that car. 
So it's oh, a 300 SLR Unlinhaut Coupe. And the number that it sold for was, what's your what's your guess? Uh, $80 million. $142 million was the number that this guy reportedly traded hands for. Holy cow. Imagine having the kind of money that you spend $142 million on one car. I know. That's like you could have the gross national product of lots of countries. <laughs> I know. How so many how many seven thousand dollar cars could you have? Oh, I can't even do that math. <laughs> I can't even do that math. You could have you could have a hundred and forty two one million dollar cars. And even just thinking about that number, you could have one hundred and forty two one million dollar cars. <laughs> That's a lot of. I don't even know what a car costs. That's a million dollars now. What's that like an F forty? You could have a hundred and forty two F forties. I think they're more than a million, aren't they? Are they two million now? I think they're like two million. Okay, but anyway, so cut that number in half. Yeah, you could own every. You could own every single F forty ever made. Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) Yeah, I don't think they made that many. So many cars. So obviously, this isn't the man's only car. Um. What if it was? I just need one car. Well, that would be our conversation from last week from the question episode where somebody asked that same question pretty much. Uh, no, it's it's pretty insane. Um, I don't know what collection it's going into. Nobody has reported who bought it, or where it's going, or where in the world it is. Um, but it's $142 million for a single car. Um, I, I, yeah. No, it's, it's, it's going behind a door. And then it'll get rolled out in a couple of years and sold for more. I guess. So somebody uh, made a deal with Mercedes somehow, and they were a very select number of individual collectors were invited to an event in Stuttgart where the car, you know, changed hands from owner to owner. So it's, it's wild to think about that kind of money. Like the amount of, things you could do with a hundred and that's that's so much money i mean eventually how long is it before it's a billion dollar car you know yeah you know what's the crazy thing too is whenever there's like those high-end auctions like that they always like congratulate the person for like buying it like yeah congratulates for being really? a rich douchebag yeah i <laughs> just spent them they just spent that much money and you're like clapping yeah. well, this, for one, them? this one is not an, an auction it was a private sale so oh, okay. So was it even? Did it even exchange hands for that, or is it just like a shell? Oh game? no! So, well, supposedly again, there was a big event, and it happened at Mercedes, and it looks like it was actually in the care of Mercedes, and Mercedes sold it because um, they're actually two of them built, and they have one of them, but they had two of them, and they sold one of them. So I don't know. It's it's incomprehensible to even think about it. So it doesn't really mean much to me from that point. So, anyway, wild, different. Did you watch Darlington this past week? I watched some of it. We went out for Mother's Day dinner. Controversial. So I missed ending. the end of it. Yeah, controversial ending. And you've seen the ending since then, correct? I have. And I think we have a different opinion. Yeah, and your opinion is that nothing wrong was done. Nope. It was fine. So, so William Byron was leading the race 
and Joey Logano was in second place. There was one lap left, and they were going to turn four of the second-to-last lap. Logano was catching him significantly each and every lap, each and every corner. And he came up behind him at turn four on the second-to-last lap and punted him directly from behind and sent uh, William Byron to the wall. I don't think it was a good racing move. I think there was plenty of space on the bottom side of the track where he could have gone down around him. He knew his car was faster, and he had another whole lap which to catch him. If this had happened on the final lap, on the final turn, I might have a different opinion about it. But I think what cemented my opinion is, one, Joey Logano has a history of being aggressive beyond reason. And two, in the post-race interview, when he got out of his car, he blatantly said William Byron wouldn't get away with the move he pulled earlier in the race. So to me, that all puts it as this was an on purpose, not an accident. And he basically stole the race where I think he would have plenty of space to pass him. His closing speed on that turn was enough that he could have gone down deeper into the turn and gone by him without hitting him and made it, you know, incident free. And Byron could have taken his second place versus his fifth place. I think he wound up. So I, I don't like it. But what do I know? I'm not racing the cars. I don't know. It looked like he slowed down. Uh, Byron slowed down and Logano was trying to go underneath him. It just slowed down into him. Byron's just car like, was slowing. And he was just no like, question. screw it. I'm just going to hit the back of this guy. Yeah. I think he hit him exactly. To teach him a lesson. Hit him. But I mean, Byron, Byron is young. If he had tried to, if, yeah, but if he had tried to go low and he missed, he would have pit maneuvered him into the wall, like head on. So it was better that he just hit him dead center. I think he had enough room to not hit him at all. That's my point. I don't, I don't think, think he, he was did. like, I don't think through his mind, he was like, I'll hit him in the back. So I don't pit maneuver him. I think he was like, I'll hit him in the back. So I'll throw him in the wall and drive past him. And listen, it's NASCAR bumping is racing. I get it. I just, because of Logano's history, because he got out of the car afterwards and he was like, he wasn't going to get away with that. Um, I think it, it just is unnecessary and shouldn't have happened. That's my opinion. Another plus in the new car is his car didn't fall apart. Byron's no, he was able to finish apart. in fifth, and both cars continued on for sure. Yeah, that whatever that new material is they're made out of, they're not sheet metal anymore, so they have a little bit of bounce and give. But it was definitely a uh, – that would have been a race ending for, for cars back in the day. And, and even, then it was – Even sorry. Logano's car might not have moved on because he might have had just enough aero damage in the front that third, the person who was in third would have been able to catch him and pass him. So yeah. who knows? And it was like throwback weekend or something. Yeah, they were weird throwback schemes. I yeah. wasn't a huge fan of them because they did the throwback schemes, but they used their current sponsors. Yeah. So you'd have like somebody was driving like, you know, the Rusty Wallace Miller Light car, but it was not crypto.com. <laughs> yeah. It just, it was weird. So it's it, very strange. Um, again, I we're at like this weird intersection. <clears throat> Excuse me. Of like NASCAR right now, where you've got definitely a whole new generation of drivers. Some generation of drivers that we were there when we left watching, 
And now all of the drivers that were there when we were growing up are now all commentators. Correct. So it's like this kind of a cool crossover, like Bobby Labonte was doing commentary. Um, Bill Elliott. I couldn't believe they had uh, Richard Petty. Richard Petty. Yeah. You're like, holy so cow, how old, is, how old is Richard Petty now? When I heard his voice, I was like, is that Richard Petty? Because obviously he was my like childhood hero. I loved him the most. He was my favorite driver. So it was really cool to hear his voice in the commentating booth. And he certainly is not a commentator. You know, no. it's, it's quite obvious <laughs> listening to him. But at the same time, it was super cool. Would yeah, so again. I just thought that was a cool thing. Again, it's just kind of a cool point in the sport where there's a lot of crossover. Yeah, it was awesome. Um, I, I, again, I, they're just trying to, to bring it back because it slips so much, you know. So I, I tried to watch because it was on the same time, which is kind of crazy, was the Miami Grand Prix. Sure. Um, I don't get it. No. <laughs> like, I really, really trying to watch it. Like I was trying to watch practice the day before. I'm like, I, I don't, I'm like, I don't get it. <laughs> it's understand. fun. It's, it's fun to watch the cars. Uh, yeah. They, the, they move around the track in crazy ways. The track layout yeah. was neat. I think the one thing that I can't get past me is just kind of the, the elitist rich person game that it is like in order to buy a ticket to go to the race it was like two thousand dollars yeah I, I i don't want to try to get into something that when it comes to somewhere close enough like it's going to be in las vegas next year but i'm sure as hell not paying two thousand dollars for a ticket no plus whatever all the you know hotels and stuff are going to be jacked up to price wise i'd love to go see an f1 race in person to say hey i saw an f1 race in person but the amount of money it would require is just absurd so and maybe it wasn't two thousand dollars a ticket. That's the number I heard somebody talking about. But I think it depends where it is. But I, I don't know. It's like I guess I don't. I don't. Know, I was watching it, and yeah, the the cars move around, but I don't understand like what. Uh, I don't know. It's a weird thing because I always see afterwards like people complain about it. I'm like, I don't. I don't know what you're complaining about. Like. The track was bad. Is it? I don't know. Maybe they should make temporary street courses. Maybe they should use actual racetracks, that there's plenty of racetracks in the United States to use. I don't know. I love street courses. This course is crazy because they just... It was... What was crazy to me, right? Like, I was like... I heard, like, tangentially, like, reading things in it, like, F1's coming to, F1's coming to Miami. And I was like, all right, that must be, like, next year, right? Because... Right, and they were like, Our Las tomorrow. Vegas is like next year. And then I'm like, all of a sudden, it's like, we're building the track. The track is finished. I was like, what? How did they do that in like a week? It felt like. And the funniest thing was, tomorrow. did you see the lagoon that they built? Yeah, which was fake. Fake. But it looked, it like but it looked really cool. Like It looked cool on TV. <laughs> yeah. It looked really we- weird in like. Uh, um, like like close up pictures. Yeah, but when like people were doing funny stuff with it, like my favorite was the guy like, who do- who dove in and he just like, was it belly flopped on the on the cement. Oh oh, oh. there's. Did you see somebody that took no somebody oh, took I that gif that movie, yeah. of the guy doing the cannonball into the ice lake. Do you remember yeah, that's that? What old I mean. GIF? That's what I mean. But that's what I'm yeah. About. They superimposed yeah. it over the yeah. Yeah, that's it's hysterical. Yeah, so good. 
was perfect. Yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't understand F1, and I know we're gonna get flame for saying that, but I I I get vintage F1. I get why it's cool, I get what goes into it. I just don't know enough about it. I love documentaries and I love stuff like that. I I couldn't get into Drive to Survive. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah. I I just don't care. Maybe it's because is because is it because it's not accessible? I just I don't I don't know. I'm, yeah, it's I'm not sure. It's, so it's the richest sport in the world, the most popular sport in the world. Well, next to soccer, it's the most popular motorsport. Um, yeah, and then I don't know. Well, they were talking upset about the, how expensive tickets are now, and you're like, "Well, it's super, super popular. That's why tickets are expensive." Yeah, yeah. Be careful. What this you happened have. in NASCAR in like the early, the mid 2000s. Remember, it got like we got insanely expensive. I think yeah. I've told that story before. Like we had the same tickets for. I think my grandfather bought the first one sometime in the 60s. Yeah. And every year they upgraded us to like the newest, best grandstands, and we had them every year. They got expensive. And then the reason we stopped going was because the final year that we the final year we didn't get them the first year we didn't get them it's because they went from like a few hundred dollars to a few thousand dollars and when we called up they're like oh well you have to buy tickets to all speed weeks not just for the, the nascar race and we're like well, we don't want that we just want to taste the nascar race and they're like oh it's too bad we'll sell them to somebody else you know at this point it was like 2004 or five or something and we had the tickets since the 60s so it's like they didn't care they just wanted to move everything along so whatever whatever it is what it is yeah excellent well i think that i will have more updates next week we can go back to uh, cressida podcast i hope you do yeah yeah this week here was a little a little slow i i do appreciate you working on a japanese sedan to carry the torch or two japanese sedans to carry the torch of the cressida podcast Cressicast. It's real hard not to VIP that car, but I'm going to try not to. Cressacast. If you wind up selling it, it makes sense not to do it. If yes, you get it, it running does. right and everything is great and you wind up just holding on to it because that becomes your project car, go ahead and do it. Yeah, if I, I wind up buying the car from you for some reason, which is something that happens, I will do it as well. So we'll see. Oh, I know that next week. Nope. Never mind. It'll be the week after. Getting ahead of myself. It, well, I was going to say I'll have a new car next week to talk about, but I won't. It'll be the week after because I'm getting it oh. next weekend. So I know the whole week too late. Okay. So, so in in a week, from when you hear this in a week, I'll be on an airplane a week from when you hear this to pick up a car. Okay. And then bring that home for the next episode. So, all right. All right. All right. Hopefully, there's not much of a story to tell. No, I hope not. Yeah. So I've bought a few parts uh, to bring with me just in case. I looked into some common failure points for this particular kind of vehicle, and one of them is a fuel pump relay. So I bought a fuel pump relay, and I bought some belts and some hoses, and just the kind of the stuff you can do on the side of the road. So hopefully I don't need to do it, but if I do, I get the parts. So at right, the end cool. of the day... It's like a 14 hour drive, so hopefully it won't be too big a deal. Hmm. 
Yeah. Well, good luck. Yeah. Well, we'll be one more episode before then, so I'm just further teasing the idea. All right. Sounds good then. Yeah. All right. So anyways, uh, catch us on the Discord. And yeah, uh, fi- you can find us on Facebook, Caught Off Topic Podcast. I think... See, if I post to Instagram, I don't know if it goes there. I think we talked about this before. Currently, if we post to Instagram, it does go to Facebook. Okay. So, but mostly on Instagram. We haven't posted there in like a week either, though. So we need to get we need to get better. We need to get better at that. I, yeah. I was talking about that today too. Like, even though I was work on the car, you haven't posted any of it. But also, I've been doing all this work on the car last couple weeks. I didn't post any of it either. So. Nope. Guilty, guilty, guilty. Nope. I haven't been doing events. Work on. I haven't been doing events because I'm working on the car, so I haven't been posting anything. So. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to work on our website too. Yeah. So a lot of things I want to do, but I don't want to yeah. do stuff during the day because right. I want to work and on the at car. Nighttime, you want to do family stuff. Well, yeah. Record but record the podcast. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Marco's only up for a little while, so then sometimes I'm just tired and we just want to watch TV. So, yep. That's, that's the uh, trap. There's a lot of good TV. Um, so anyway, we're trying to finish out this podcast. Yes. Uh, you follow me on now. definitely time to end it. Instagram race and anger on Twitter. Out off topic. Race and anger is my username. Uh, Brad, where can they find you? And you find me on Instagram at TSISS350. Don't Never forget, change. Don't forget to check out our other Instagram page, Scale Autocast. Um, fighting the Instagram logarithms on that right now. I'm not understanding how we can go from a bunch of people seeing it to like three. So I got to figure out what's going on there. Yeah, um, I haven't seen and, it. I don't know what happened. Yeah. And listen to my other new podcast for my job. Uh, it's obviously not as important to me as this one because it's job related, not personal, but it's still, I put a lot of effort into it. So definitely listen there too. It's called Drive the Bid and it should be available everywhere except for iTunes. I'm not sure why. I'm trying to fix that. Something's broken in our link. So you can listen to it right off Podbean. But yeah, Drive the Bid or go to autohunter.com and our media page has links. Cool. So, as always, keep your cars analog and aim for the road. Yeah.